Chapter Four of Angels of the Battlefield. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Angels of the Battlefield by George Barton. Harper's Ferry. Nearly all the sisters that could be spared had been sent from the mother house at Emmitsburg and were engaged in performing works of charity on the battlefields and in the various camps and hospitals on june seventh eighteen sixty one a telegram was received from the authorities asking that a number of sisters be detailed to serve the sick and wounded soldiers at harper's ferry in spite of the severe strain that it entailed upon their available assignments the superiors made the sacrifice of sending three sisters these brave women left emmitsburg on june ninth for frederick city mother anne simeon cautioned them to act with prudence lest they meet with trouble as they had the northern army and its sentinels to pass in order to reach their destination an orderly had been sent to escort them but the sisters passed their intended guide without knowing it he going by them on the road to emmitsburg an expected engagement kept villagers and farmers quietly at home men cautiously whispered their fears or opinions and the sight of people bold enough to travel just then was a matter that occasioned mild surprise for this reason the sisters tried to huddle in the rear of the stage-coach hoping to pass unobserved during a brief halt for the mail in one little town the driver opened the stage-door and handing in a letter said in a loud voice sisters a gentleman in emmitsburg desires you to put this letter in a southern post-office after you have crossed the line the eyes of the curious and astonished people were on them in a moment the sisters were not aware that the driver knew of their destination but they remained quiet and made the best of the incident the heat was excessive one of the horses gave out on the way and another had to be hastily substituted after some delay the party arrived in frederick city a few sentinels stood here and there but no one paid much attention to the new arrivals before they started again however a number of men gathered around their carriages saying why ladies where are you going several of the men asked questions at the same time but the sisters stared at them blankly and civilly answered anything except what the gossips most desired to know as hostilities had stopped the railway cars the pilgrims had to continue their journey in the stage-coach almost sick with heat they journeyed on until another horse succumbed this meant more trouble and suspense but it was borne with heroic patience the most exciting adventure was yet to come the rocks of the maryland heights on one side and the potomac river on the left came in view just as the carriage was seemingly proceeding smoothly on its way there came a sudden grating sound and then an abrupt stop we're stuck ejaculated the driver with more force than elegance the carriage was so tightly fastened that it was feared the vehicle would have to be abandoned and the remainder of the journey made upon foot the driver swore and stormed about while the sisters meekly looked on in silence fearing to further irritate him with suggestions finally the carriage was extricated and the pilgrims proceeded upon their way about twilight the southern pickets were seen for the south still held a portion of maryland the first soldier inquired where the sisters were going and with what intent he then passed them on to the next guard and so on until they came to the last who said we have just received such strict orders regarding persons crossing in or out that it is not in my power to pass you on 
the captain of the guards was sent for however and the sisters were transferred over the potomac bridge great cargoes of powder had already been placed on this bridge so that in the event of the enemy's approach it might be destroyed harper's ferry is at the junction of the potomac and shenandoah rivers the potomac separating maryland and virginia a summit above the town standing between the two rivers is called bolivar heights on this elevation was located the military hospital where the sisters were to labor a neat little catholic church was located about midways between the valley and the town the hospital was filled with the sick and around the town lay thousands of men just arrived from the most remote southern states a cold wet spell had preceded the present heat and many of the men were ill and lay in their tents until vacancies opened for them in the badly sheltered houses in the town the men in one regiment had contracted measles on their march this spreading among the others with the exposure incidental to army life thinned their numbers before the ball and the sword had begun their quicker work on reaching their lodgings the sisters found supper prepared and after disposing of this they soon retired to rest the stillness and darkness of the town was frightful no sound but the sisters voices or footsteps was to be heard not a light gleamed from the fastened windows for fear of discovery by the hidden enemy the whole army had been sleeping or resting on their arms since their arrival expecting an early attack the medical director who had sent for the sisters came early in the morning and took them to the hospital with his assistant he escorted them from room to room introducing them and saying to the patients now you will have no cause to complain of not getting nourishment medicine and attention at the right time for the sisters of charity will see to all these things the town had been by turns in the possession of the north and south and therefore was completely drained of provisions and necessary conveniences for the sick notwithstanding these difficulties things were beginning to look more comfortable when a telegram was received from winchester ordering the whole confederate army to repair to that town immediately the northern army it was announced would attempt to cross the potomac above and below harper's ferry thus surrounding the southern army and cutting off all supplies the soldiers moved at once with the exception of those who served the sick and those who were to collect the tents and finally destroy bridges and tracks provisions were cast into the river by the wholesale in order to deprive the enemy of benefit then came new orders to wait a while but the invalids had already been removed to the depot to await the return of the cars from winchester arrangements were now being made for the destruction of the bridges and tracks and the sisters were sent to remain with a worthy catholic family far away from these structures during the night one explosion after another shook the grand bridge and seemed to shake the mountains the little catholic church the only one that had not been applied to military purposes was filled and surrounded by the frightened people the worn-out pastor was their only consoler the sisters looked at the awful destruction around them and felt encompassed with desolation all the next day they hourly expected to be called to the cars but no word came they now learned that the ladies of winchester had written to the medical director requesting him not to let the sisters of charity serve the sick as they themselves would wait on them the sisters knew that the ladies had been enthusiastic in caring for the confederate sick 
and thinking the delay was owing to the embarrassment the doctors might experience in regard to this one sister acting as spokeswoman said to them gentlemen we are aware of the ardor with which the winchester ladies have labored for your poor men and also know of their desire to serve the men alone that is without any aid of ours therefore be candid enough to allow us to return to our home if you feel any difficulty respecting the ladies of winchester tell us the sisters consider it reasonable that they should wish to serve their own people and will not be offended but rather feel grateful for your friendly candor the physicians replied that they did not care for the objections that had been made to the sisters that the ladies of winchester could never do for the sick what the sisters of charity would do and therefore unless the sisters insisted on returning home the doctors would hold them to their undertaking the physicians begged the sisters not to leave the town but to await the signal for departure expecting all day and even until eleven p m to be sent for and feeling that rest was absolutely necessary the sisters were preparing for bed when the kind lady of the house came into their room saying my dear poor sisters a wagon and your baggage are at the door for you they soon left their benevolent hostess who wept to see them pursuing such hardships it was a genuine farm wagon with two negroes as drivers the worthy pastor of harper's ferry who was determined not to leave the sisters entirely to strangers attended to their trunks and found seats for them the heavy spray from both rivers was thick in the air here and there a star appeared between broken clouds giving barely light enough to see the sentinels at their posts one of these advancing asked the countersign which the pastor gave him the wagon running on the high terrace edge of the potomac river made with the darkness a gloomy prospect for the sisters upon reaching the depot an officer met them and offered to find them a shelter until the cars would arrive he took them across two boards that formed a temporary bridge by the aid of his lantern they could see water on either side of them so that they had to watch carefully and pick their steps lest they slip off the boards at last he opened the door of a little hut which was almost washed by the river here they entered and sat down resting their foreheads on their umbrellas until between three and four o'clock when a rumbling outside announced the arrival of the cars the train reached winchester five hours later almost the entire town was occupied by soldiers so that accommodations at hotels were not to be had for any consideration the zealous priest who was still with the sisters took them to the church and afterwards went in search of lodgings for them the church which was of stone and was one of the poorest old buildings in the place was located in the suburbs a crowd of ignorant and curious men and children followed the sisters as they walked to the edifice as they entered the church the bystanders crowded in and about the door when the sisters went by turns to the confessional the village men and boys hurried outside and peeped through the cracks at the penitents peering into their very faces soon the priest went out and as he did so he shut and locked the door after him after some time he returned although the sisters feared that it was just possible he had lost his mind and would not come back they knew his hardships had been excessive because besides being sick and without food or sleep he had many other inconveniences to contend with but he returned and took them to a plain worthy catholic family 
the following morning being sunday they walked to the church and just at the gate had to halt to let a company of soldiers on their way to mass enter the church about twenty or thirty catholics constituted the congregation usually but on this day the soldiers and sisters made quite a crowded assembly after that the sisters waited patiently for the doctors to take them to the scene of their labors the rev dr costello had called on them from time to time informing the authorities that the sisters were ready to go to work among the sick the medical director finally asked them if they must remain in one hospital or whether each sister could take charge of a separate one he was informed that their number was too small to divide and they would remain at one of the hospitals the heads of the families in the city of winchester remained in town while grown-up daughters and children were sent to county seats the mothers of these staying at their houses receiving and serving as many sick soldiers as they could the sisters received much kindness from these ladies for they knew that the common rations of the soldiers were very rough indeed one of the greatest distresses of the sisters at this time was that they had not more for the poor sick the sisters began their labors in one of the largest hospitals in winchester they worked incessantly day and night frequently not pausing long enough to take necessary food and nourishment for themselves such labor began to show on them especially as they were only three in number the doctors said that while more nurses were needed there would be no way of sending for more sisters except by one of them going home and returning with the others affairs had reached such a crisis that only the sisters of charity could travel now one of them finally started off for the mother-house going by car then by stage and then crossing the potomac in a flat canoe then she travelled by foot as fast as possible and after running for a mile reached the railroad car before it left the station the evening of next day she reached st joseph's at emmitsburg where she was received as if from the grave the anxious superiors had heard nothing from or of the sisters except what meagre news was published of the movements of the two armies sister euphemia afterwards mother superior left st joseph's at once with three companions for winchester to relieve the sisters there at the same time a telegram was sent to sister valentine at st louis instructing her to go immediately and replace sister euphemia in winchester who was to proceed farther southward for in richmond virginia the sisters were almost overcome with continuous duty the sisters now six in number continued their labors in winchester until very few remained in the hospitals the convalescent members of the army had been leaving winchester for some days going towards richmond the sisters themselves finally proceeded towards richmond End of chapter four